Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, reading today from a book by Thomas Brooks. That was the English nonconformist preacher and writer who died in 1680. His book is simply The Private Key to Heaven. The Private Key to Heaven. He's told us 20 reasons why you should be involved in private prayer. Now he goes to a chapter on application the use and application of all follows. The first point that he makes is five sorts of people that are condemned. Listen carefully. Is it true that closet prayer or private prayer is such an indispensable duty that Christ himself has laid upon all that are not willing to lie under the woeful brand of being hypocrites? then this truth looks very sourly and sadly upon these five sorts of persons. First, those who put off private prayer until moved by the Spirit. First, it looks sourly and sadly upon all those that put off secret prayer, private prayer, until they are moved to it by the Spirit. For by this sad delusion, many have been kept from secret prayer many weeks, many months, oh, that I might not say many years. Though it is a very fit season to pray when the Spirit moves us to pray, yet it is not the only season to pray. He that makes religion his business will pray as daily for daily grace as he does pray daily for daily bread. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Pray without ceasing. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, continuing instant in prayer. The Greek is a metaphor taken from hunting dogs that never give over the game until they have got their prey. A Christian must not only pray, but hold on in prayer until he has got the heavenly prize. We are lacking always, and therefore we had need be praying always. The world is always alluring, and therefore we had need be always a-praying. Satan is always attempting, and therefore we had need be always a-praying. And, and we are always a-sinning, and therefore we had need be always a-praying. And we are in danger always. Therefore, we have to be praying always. And we are dying always. Therefore, we had need be praying always. Man's whole life is but a lingering death. Man no sooner begins to live, but he begins to die. When one was asked why he prayed six times a day, he only gave this answer. I must die. I must die. I must die. Dying Christians had need be praying Christians, and they that are always a-dying had need be always a-praying. Certainly prayerless families are graceless families, and prayerless persons are graceless persons. It were better ten thousand times that we had never been born into the world than that we should go stillborn out of the world. Secondly, this truth looks sourly and sadly, when he says sourly, he means disagreeably. Upon those that pray not at all, neither in their families nor in their closets. 
Among all God's children there is not one possessed with a dumb devil. Prayerless persons are forsaken of God, blinded by Satan, hardened in sin, and every breath they draw liable to all temporal, spiritual, and eternal judgments. Prayer is that part of natural worship due to God, which none will deny but stark atheists. It is observable that amongst the worst of men, Turks, and the worst of Turks, the Moors, it's a just exception against any witness by their law that he has not prayed six times in every natural day, it being usual with them to pray six times a day. First, before the daybreak, they pray for day. Second, when it is day, they give thanks for day. Third, at noon, they thank God for half the day past. Four, after that, they pray for a good sunset. Five, after that, they thank God for the day past. And then, sixthly and lastly, they pray for a good night after their day. Certainly, these very moors will one day rise in judgment against them who cast off prayer who live in a total neglect of prayer, who suffer so many suns and moons to rise and set upon their heads without any solemn calling upon God. I have read of a man who, being sick and afraid of death, fell to his prayers and to move God to hear him told him that he was no common beggar, that he had never troubled him with his prayers before, and if he would but hear him at that time, he would never trouble him again. This world is full of such profane, blasphemous, atheistical wretches. And then thirdly, this truth looks very disagreeably and sadly upon such who are all for public prayer, but never regard private prayer, who are all for going up to the temple, but never care for going into their closets. This is most palpable hypocrisy. For a man to be very zealous for public prayer, but very cold and careless as to private prayer. He that pretends conscience in the one and makes no conscience of the other is a hypocrite in grain. And the devil knows well enough how to make his markets of all such hypocrites that are all for the prayers of the church, but perfect gallios as to private prayers in Acts 18.17 such as perform all their private devotion in the church, but not in the chamber, do but too great a slight upon the authority of Christ, who says, when you pray, enter into your chamber. He does not say, when you pray, go to the church. But when you pray, go into your chamber, your room. Fourthly, this truth looks sadly and sourly upon such who in their closets pray with a loud, clamorous voice. A Christian should shut both the door of his closet and the door of his lips so close that none should hear without what he saith within. Enter into thy closet, saith Christ, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray. But what need a man shut his closet door if he may pray with a clamorous voice, if he make such a noise as all in the street or all in the house may hear him? The hen, when she lays her eggs, gets into a hole, a corner, But then she makes such a noise with her cackling that she tells all in the house where she is and about what she is. Such Christians that in their closets to imitate the hen do rather pray to be seen, heard, and observed by men than out of any noble design to glorify God or to pour out their souls before him that seeth in secret. Sometimes children 
when they are vexed or afraid of the rod, will run behind the door or get into a dark hole. And there they will lie, crying and sighing and sobbing, that all the house may know where they are. Oh, it is a childish thing so to cry and sigh and sob in our closets as to tell all in the house where we are and about what work we are. Well, Christians, for an effectual redress of this evil, frequently and seriously consider of these five things. First, that God seeth in secret. Second, that God has a quick ear and is taken more with the voice of the heart than he is with the clamor of the mouth. God can easily hear the most secret breathings of thy soul. God is more curious in observing the messages delivered by the heart than he is those that are only delivered by the mouth. He that prays aloud in private seems to tell others that God does not understand the secret desires and thoughts and workings of his people's hearts. Third, it is not suitable, it is not convenient or expedient, appropriate, that any should be acquainted with our secret prayers but God and our own souls. Now, it is as much our duty to look to what is expedient as it is to what is lawful. All things are lawful, says Paul, unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things uh, edify not. Now, it is so far from being expedient that it is very nigh folly for men to lay open their secret infirmities unto others who will rather deride them than lift up a prayer for them. Fourthly, loud prayers may be a hindrance and disturbance to others that may be busy near us in, in some religious or civil exercises. And fifth and last, Hannah prayed and, and yet spoke never a word. Her heart was full, but her voice was not heard. Moses prays and cries and yet lets fall never a word. And the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? And Moses did not cry with any audible voice, but with inward sighs and secret breathings and wrestlings of soul. And these inward and secret cries, which made no noise, carried the day with God. For Moses is heard and answered, and his people are delivered. Oh, the prevalence of those prayers that make no noise in the ears of others. And finally, lastly, this truth looks sourly and sadly upon those that do all they can to hinder and discourage others from this duty of duties, private prayer. And that either by deriding or vilifying of the duty, or else by denying of it to be a duty, or else by their daily neglect of this duty, or else by denying them that are under them time and opportunity for the discharge of this duty. In Matthew 23, you have a woe pronounced against those that will neither go to heaven themselves nor suffer others to go that are willing to enter into an everlasting rest. And so I say, woe to those parents and woe to those husbands, and woe to those masters and mistresses that will neither pray in their closets themselves, nor suffer their children, nor their wives, nor their servants to pour out their souls before the Lord in a corner. O oh, sirs, how will you answer this to your consciences when you shall lie upon a dying bed? And how will you answer it to the judge of all the world when you shall stand before a judgment seat? Certainly, all their sins and all their neglects and all their spiritual losses that might have been prevented by their secret prayers, by their 
closet communion with God will one day be charged upon your accounts. And oh, that you were all so wise as to lay these things so to heart that you may never hinder any that are under your care or charge from private prayer any more. Well, this may serve to exhort us to keep close to our closets, to be frequent and constant in private prayer, to be often with God in a corner. The twenty considerations already laid down may serve as so many motives to provoke your hearts to this noble and necessary duty. Next time we come together with Mr. Brooks, we'll talk about objections addressed. Objections. Why people don't pray pray in private and the excuses that they give, and they will all be answered, as you can well imagine. Thank you so much for your attendance today. Look around my site, I ask, and we have over, I believe, 3,500 audios now featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea in English and Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and a blog. If you want more fellowship, please consider buying one of my books at Amazon.com or contacting me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com. And I'll share details of our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men and our Tuesday noon meeting for men and women. Thank you again. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. This audio is being released on the 10th of March, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again. Real soon. Bye-bye.